0: All the, the sky blew up. The sky up. And there was nothing they could do. And it was all of was like, fire and <laughs> 100 million people. 100
1: million people. Good afternoon, and welcome to another episode of the Eternal Now. Here on WFMU, located in the digital dark corners of the interwebs. My name is Andy Orman. And will be your host for the next three quarters of an hour, delivering sonic treats to your brain. We just heard from Butthole Surfers from 1984, from the Peace War compilation 100 million people dead. Last week, one person who is no longer with us, Teresa Taylor Nervosa, original drummer for the Surfers, luckily got to see her perform once with this hard to describe psychedelic project. One of my favoritest bands, positively of the U.S. R.I.P. Teresa. Moving two years into the future, 1986. Another American, John Wiggins. Collage en Concrète. field recordings, surge synthesizer, computer, and whatnot. An accomplished composer in his own right, later going on to compose the Howard Stern theme song, Facts. Let's get to it.
0: I mm-hmm.
2: This summer, I'm going to give a class in mushroom identification at the New School for Social Research. Actually, it's five field trips, not really a class at all. However, when I proposed it to Dean Clara Meyer, though she was delighted with the idea, she said, I'll have to let you know later whether or not we'll give it. So she spoke to the president, who couldn't see why there should be a class in (coughs) mushrooms at the New School. Next, she spoke to Professor McIver, who lives in Piermont. She said, what do you think about our having a mushroom class at the New School? He said, fine idea. Nothing more than mushroom identification develops the powers of observation. This remark was relayed both to the president and to me. It served to get the class into the catalogue and to verbalize for me my present attitude toward music. It isn't useful, music isn't, unless it develops our powers of audition. But most musicians can't hear a single sound. They listen only to the relationship between two or more sounds. Music for them has nothing to do with their powers of audition, but only to do with their powers of observing relationships. In order to do this, they have to ignore all the crying babies, fire engines, telephone bells, coughs that happen to occur during their auditions. Actually, if you run into people who are really interested in hearing sounds, you're apt to find them fascinated by the quiet ones. Did you hear that, they will say? In 1954, when I went to Europe, I no sooner arrived in Paris than I noticed that the city was covered with posters publicizing a mushroom exhibition that was being held in the botanical gardens. That was all I needed. Off I went. When I arrived, I found myself in a large room filled with many tables upon which were displayed many species of fungi. On the hour from a large centrally placed loudspeaker, a recorded lecture on the deadly poisonous Amonitas was delivered. During this lecture, nobody in the hall moved or spoke. Each person's attention was, so to speak, riveted to the information being given. A week later, I was in Köln in Germany, attending a concert of electronic music. There was also an audience and a large loudspeaker. However, many in the audience were dozing off, and some were talking to their neighbors. I went to a concert upstairs in Town Hall. The composer, whose works were being performed, had provided program notes. One of these notes was to the effect that there is too much pain in the world. (laughs) After the concert, I was walking along with the composer and he was telling me how the performances had not been quite up to snuff. So I said, well, I enjoyed the music, but I don't agree with that program note about there being too much pain in the world. He said, what? Don't you think there's enough? I said, I think there's just the right amount. (laughs)
0: Oh, my God.
1: of sound there in that last set we just heard from a collaboration of Desmond Briscoe and Brian Gascogne although this is brain I'm pretty sure that's a uh, typo from the phase four soundtrack reissued or, I think, issued for the first time, Waxwork 2014. If you know this movie, it's crazy. Psychedelic science fiction. Horror. Another 70s bug movie. With a wild and amazing soundtrack. Sadly, an axed ending which is amazing but uh can be found online on youtube that's all i'm gonna say arne nordheim a norwegian composer nordheim studying music concrete in the mid 50s in paris a widely recognized and prolific composer indeed This was taken from the Magnificent Electronic Panorama 4LP compilation on Philips, housed with a charming reflective cover. I'll post it when this goes up. An extensive booklet. Well, worth your time if you find it. So good is this compilation, I played two tracks from it. Just in front of Nordheim is Makoto Moro. Moroi. From Tokyo. Track called Shosanke. 1970 was the year that this thing came out. Wonder how many minds were blown in nineteen seventy when they heard this. An individual sort of known for blowing minds, John Cage, in front of this, with David Tudor. A double LP with both composers in separate rooms while simultaneously Cage reading, supposedly of 90 different stories, with David Tudor providing piano and electronics, haphazardly, indeterminately, composing what we have before us. A concept that works. This comes with a book of several examples of these stories It's nice to read. Little back and forths between Stockhausen and John Cage. I think it's funny. And we started that set off way back when with John Wiggins. An LP from 1986 on the RRR label. With that, I believe we're complete. this week thank you for joining me I would like to join you in leaving this digital plane let's go back to the real world you have been listening to WFMU.org my name is Andy Ortman until next time